0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I am your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Oh man, today's fun. So, we're talking about sex, we're talking about how to talk to girls about sex. Specifically, what we're talking about is how do you talk to your girlfriend or the girl that you're dating about sex? Maybe you have some kinks. Maybe you're, you want your sex life to be better. Maybe you want to try new things. How do you do that? I found that this is one of the most important skills to have. And when I say skills, I mean the skill of conversing, talking, communicating with the woman that you are with to have an amazing sex life. Because you have to talk to them if you want to have fun and try new things, right? That's the whole thing. So what you're gonna wanna do is you're gonna wanna learn how to have this communication, how to converse. And I have Dr. Nazanin Molly on the podcast, who is a sexologist who's going to help talk about this. She has a podcast of her own, by the way, called Sexology with Dr. Molly. And I suggest you check it out. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to her podcast and it's very relevant. She interviews a lot of very smart people, and I highly recommend it. So, we'll put that in the show notes. Like I said, check that out. And we are just pumped to have her today on the podcast, asking her some great questions, going deep, and really going even on some tangents that are really going to help you out in terms of what to do here with your sex life. So, you're going to love it. Now, in the meantime, if you are a guy who's thinking, Trip. I'm listening to this episode. It sounds great, but I'm not even at that point yet. And I wish I was. I don't even have opportunities to have that conversation because I'm not dating anyone yet. So what am I supposed to do? Well, you got to go out and meet women online, in person, at parties, through friends, whatever way you're going to have to do it. And I'm here to help you with that through the coaching program, the Trip Advice coaching program. So if you're interested in working with me one-on-one and doing some coaching sessions together. And I make it sound so casual, like we'll do some coaching sessions together, but really it's a pretty intense program. And it's intense in the sense that we work hard to get you results. What else is the point? Why else would you do coaching? Right. You want to get results. You want to be able to learn how to meet more women, talk to more women, have more dates. We help you with that. And I stop at nothing because I'm the one working with you one on one or in the group coaching program to get you to that point. So I'd love to have you in this coaching program. If you think. That you are someone who wants to join, go to coachedbytrip.com. Link also in the show notes so you and I can work together and we can just completely kill it and take you to the next level in your dating life. I want to help you and I'm here to help you. Coachedbytrip.com. So keep that in mind if you're ready to dive into some deep work. Otherwise, let's get into the interview today with Dr. Molly from the Sexology Podcast. Here it is. Hi, Dr. Molly. Good to have you on the podcast. How you doing?
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about our conversation.
0: Yes, me too. It would have been great if uh, I still lived in Los Angeles, which I don't. And if COVID wasn't happening, which it does. Other than that, we would have been, you know, been able to do a podcast in person because you're in Los Angeles where I used to live. And how's it going over there? How long have you lived there for?
1: Uh, I moved back here five years ago. So it's usually wonderful, but I feel in this time and age with COVID, wherever you live, it's pretty much the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Especially now. Especially now. So maybe you can tell the guys who you are and how you got into this and just some of your expertise. We'd love to hear about that.
1: Thank you for this opportunity. So my name is Nazanin Moali. I'm a clinical psychologist and ASAC certified sex therapist. And I loved providing, giving sex education to people because what I realized is I started as a generalist psychologist and in my training, I learned always talk about people's sex life like because it gives you so much information about their overall wellness. So when I was asking my clients about it, and I learned that there's so many questions that people have and there are so many misconceptions. And I was finding myself doing this kind of psychoeducation information giving almost the entire of my appointment with my patient. So what I did that, I was like, okay, so let's, let's try something else. So I started my podcast and I said, I'll give the information there so can, people will have access to it. And I can use our session time to work on what's happening for my clients. And it's been very successful because one of the challenges that many of us have uh, growing up, we didn't get accurate sex education. So many people learn about sex from porn. There's nothing wrong with porn, but it's not sex set. So we are truly misinformed. And when we are starting having sex, then we don't know what we need to do, what to talk about, how to present ourselves. So I think information is a key part of being a great lover.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And you need that information to to just know what you're doing. And and it's a, it's a very large space to navigate, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And I think more importantly, being okay with what you're doing. <laughs> because I feel like most of my clients, they think they're not enough and listeners. I'm not a good enough lover. I I don't have a uh, big enough a uh, genital. All of these questions that people have and they don't know that being a good lover has nothing to do with those things. So it's more about who you are.
0: Right. Right. So I'm curious about this is so you have a PhD. Yes. What is your PhD is in sexology?
1: No, I'm a clinical psychologist. So PhD oh. in clinical psychology.
0: Got it. Okay. Okay, got it. So When you work with people, is it patients or is it more coaching or is it a combination of both?
1: Great question. So 60 to 70% of my practice is patient care. Uh, There's a 30% I do coaching. And what the difference is with coaching, it's mostly information giving and kind of helping people to kind of like change their behaviors more in, in a direct ways. Sometimes our behaviors are a product of what happened in the past. Perhaps we have some trauma in our past. Perhaps there are other mental health challenges that are contributing to our sexual functioning. And those are the people that are a good candidate for therapy instead of coaching.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. And today, we are going to be talking about, be talking about how to bring up to your partner, your girlfriend, the girl you're dating what it is that you want. And so maybe you can tell us why you think that's important. I mean, you can talk about so much stuff regarding sex. And there's so much to talk about. I'll give my piece of why I think it's important. But I think it's better to hear from you first. Why do you think that's such an important piece for guys to know?
1: Well, because I feel that oftentimes we want something. And all of our erotic templates are different. What I like, even if my girlfriend and I or my boyfriend and I are kind of have very similar tastes, our erotic template is, could be slightly to very different. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. Like any other aspect of your life, it's important to advocate for what you want, but it's also important to be tactful and kind about it. So why is important that sometimes people kind of like, have the not good enough sex. They're not getting their needs met. And sometimes they're saying something in the bedroom while during sex or some other random time that's that will not be well received and it also perhaps creates a rupture in the relationship. So because I feel like most of the time when you are bringing what you want in a thoughtful way, you will open the door of uh, for the possibility of you having a better sexual experience with your partner. So it's all about the
0: presentation. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's so important, you know. I mean, I feel like guys who want to try new things and have different experiences are just a conversation away, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they're just one conversation away from being able to experiment with what they want to experiment with. They ask the question like, "How do I get a girl to do this?" or "How do I get a girl to do that?" And if you want the answer to all those questions, it's really this conversation. How do you talk to them? How do you get on the same page with all of it? And, and I want to hear from you today in terms of how a guy can do that.
1: Excellent. So I think it's important to know what, what you want because sometimes people have this kind of vague idea of like, what am I asking? So I think it's really, really important to A, get clarity for yourself that what do I want more of? So sometimes it's, I want more of having this kind of experience that's new and novel. And I want to kind of, I'm curious about it. And sometimes the conversation is about that this thing that you're doing is not working for me. So those are two different conversations. But I think for both of those conversations, it's really important to think about what is it exactly in detail that you want more of? So, Trip, tell us which, which direction you want us to go.
0: Um, let's start with let's start with uh, the first part that you were talking about.
1: Like you, we want to try something new.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Excellent. So, uh, I would definitely start with saying, "Okay, honey, I want to talk to you. There's something important I want to share with you." So, you're you're setting aside a time. That's outside the kind of like foreplay, like sexual playtime, uh, because you want to make sure that you have enough time and space to share your experience with your partner. And also you have them open and available to listen. So you're setting aside time to have this conversation. One thing that I tell many of my clients and I talk about it in my podcast all the time, it's really important to have ongoing conversation about sex. So uh, one thing that at times I recommend people to do is like maybe every Friday night or every Saturday morning is a naked happy hour time. And what we're doing in this naked happy hour time is we're talking about our sex life. What do I want more of? What do I want less of? So all of those things. So you have this kind of natural check in time with your partner. But after you're setting a time to talk about this kind of your desire with your partner, I would kind of start with saying, "Honey, I I want to know what what do you want more of." So it's very smart and tactful to start kind of with asking question from your partner to see what they want more of. How do they see the sex life? So you are opening up from the place of giving, and then you listen to them and engage in that conversation. And the next step would be kind of telling them, "What would you think about us?" Like kind of maybe introducing the third person for a sexual play. Or it would be like, have you ever fantasized about having sex this place and that place? So we're asking a very open-ended question to see where our partner are. So that's very important. And also opening up the place to kind of see where they are. So if you see there is no openness, then that would be another conversation. But if they have concerns, then that would be the place to address the concerns. So it depends on what your partner say you can kind of tailor your approach.
0: What about a guy who's not in a relationship and wants to find these things out with someone who's, you know, it's just like a, a casual partner, a casual hookup, someone they're just hooking up with and it's not anything more than that?
1: Very good point. You know, there are, uh, apps, like even regular apps, like okay, Cupid, they have the options of you, uh, kind of finding people who are into if you like more of a threesome or kind of more of a uh, kind of having sex with multiple people, you can indicate it. Uh, there is this check mark that you can check and you can engage with the people who are interested in those things. Also, the, there's, it's fed life that people are, were interested in. Certain kind of fetishes, there's a community for them. So I think it's very important to know that whatever you are into, there is a galaxy of people out there. And I can guarantee that that are interested, they're willing, they wanna do what exactly you want to do. It's just a matter of getting connected to that community. So there are a, a kind of a specialized apps and meetups for all sorts of sexual interests. If this is something that you kind of like, you want to explore with a casual hookup, and I think it's a kind of mainstream kind of thing that you just like, you want to kind of explore, I would kind of bring it up during the date to kind of like, before the person is intoxicated and kind of talking about an open ended question. What would you think about this? Or what are some of the things that you want to incorporate to our play and see what they say? And you can, that would be also a place for you to introduce that. One thing that's important to keep in mind that like anything is in life, there are like, if someone is not into the, what you're into, then there is nothing you can say to change their mind. So we're talking about how people are neutral about your interests. How can we motivate them to lean into your desire? But if they're, that's like what you like. It's not their thing. Then it wouldn't be a healthy or possible to. Pressure them to do what you want,
0: right? Because what happens when you pressure someone, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, build resentment, frustration. We hear all these cases of cases of assault, all sorts of issues that comes up. And sometimes I think it's just these are byproduct of people uh, not being able to effectively communicate and kind of have this consensual relationship.
0: Okay, so what happens if you're in this conversation? It's not going well. you're starting to say something and and you're doing everything as you know right as possible, but the girl that you're talking to just isn't responding in a, in a positive way
1: is she saying something what, what do you what what would one observe
0: let's see I would say um kind of gets into a more reserved state and and starts to get kind of shy and kind of like, oh, I don't I don't know about any of this and starts to kind of get, I don't want to say panicked, but just kind of nervous.
1: Okay. And that can happen. And that the nervousness could be kind of not necessarily result of what you're saying. Some people are uncomfortable around talking about sex. So that's why I think it's important to kind of talk about kind of just like an open-ended question. What do you think about this? To see where they are. And if you said something that they're uncomfortable, I would reassure them because especially in heterosexual relationship, women been in the places that they felt violated. So you can tell them, I just want to make sure that you know that we're not doing something that you are openly agreeing with it. So you're putting them in the comfortable place. And one other thing that I teach my clients, it doesn't mean like, like if you're like doing computer coding, uh, you're not erasing the entire code if something is not working. You're going to the best last version of it. So you can pick up where before you started this conversation after reassuring them. So that could be part of it. The other one is like, maybe that person is not sexually compatible with you because if sex is important for you and if you're to start talking about what you really want and they're not comfortable with it, then perhaps there is some misattunement when it comes to your erotic template with them.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe that's not someone who you line up with. And that's important to know. And that's what this conversation is doing. So it's almost like you can't lose, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think more importantly, it's important for people to know that your sexuality is valid, right? If someone is not open to that, doesn't it, it doesn't make that that your sexual desire are shameful or bad. It's just a matter of compatibility. For example, if I want to go to a Chinese restaurant, And my friend is not into Chinese food. doesn't make it like my desire going to Chinese restaurant bad, their desire bad. So it's just a matter of compatibility.
0: Let's dive into that for a second because I bet you there are some guys who might feel shameful towards their erotic template. Or maybe even, you know, they're just shameful about sex altogether. And I've had clients who I've coached who have told me that they feel that way. And usually it's because they've been brought up to uh, specific religion that maybe made sex shameful, and I know this is you know this is something that would take a long time to help someone solve. But what are your thoughts on that in terms of someone who feels shame around the whole idea of it all?
1: Well, as you said, it's kind of common, and I see a lot of people in my practice that their relationship with their sexuality is intertwined with feeling of shame. Because, you know, as children, when parents catch their child masturbating, which is very normal, they sometimes have this really harsh reaction or kind of like, you know, make it when, when they catch the parents catch their children doing child play, then they get worried. So people sometimes internalize those negative messages around their sexuality and they feel that if I experience sexual desire, I'm bad. And sometimes we eroticize different things from our, childhood and people's erotic templates are different and it doesn't it's exactly like your appetite you might be into a certain kind of food and you might not be in a certain kind of food I think what's important is to get connected a with the community of people who are interested in what you are interested in because the sense of belonging to that community that can be very valid and important the other piece of it is kind of honoring your desire kind of like thinking about how can I Experiment with this. How can I make sure I'm getting my needs met? So these are the few things that are important to keep in mind.
0: When you say get involved in a community, what do, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, there are so many different communities of individuals who are interested in different sexual behaviors. So some, some of my clients are into age play. There are conventions, conferences, meetups where people are into age play. If you are interested in consensual non-monogamy, there's a community for that. If you like any kind of fetishes, there are uh, websites, there are forums, there are meetups for people who are engaging and doing what you're what you doing and they are honoring their sexuality. So it's important to have the support of other people who are interested in what you're experiencing because it can be very isolating when you're bringing up what you're interested in And sometimes you can see that people are not into it. And sometimes because they they don't have awareness about that what you're experiencing is very normal, you might see a reaction that could be kind of feed into that feeling of shame. So I think it's important to have some positive experiences with the people who are interested in what you're interested in. So you can buffer when you are having those negative interactions.
0: What about if you're trying to find out what you're interested in? Where would be a good place to start to see what could be interesting to you or what could be fun or what could be a turn on?
1: Excellent question. Well, I, I do some training with my clients. I tell them to kind of think about... So erotic templates are the collection of images, memories, sensations that turns you on. I tell people to think about that. Okay, so what are uh, some of the common porn? Kind of genre of porn you're watching. What are some of the things that you're fantasizing? What are some common elements of common themes in these erotic images? This is fantasies. Sometimes it there could be a range of different emotions and I pull out emotions and I give it to them. It could be connection. It could be abandonment. It could be excitement. So it's important to see what, what is that part of it? The other way of looking at it is kind of thinking about what was some of the good sexual experiences I had in the past? And what was the common element in it? What did make it exciting for me? Was it again about the kind of like certain kind of a person? Is it about the same kind of environment? So it's more of a journey inside versus kind of looking for resources outside.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, it's interesting too, you know, because there's so much out there. And... You know, for a guy to to discover some of these things, it could it could be very interesting. It could be very interesting for him. so it's kind of like this process, and we're coming full circle here of understanding what's out there, tapping into what you enjoy, not feeling shameful about it, and then having the courage and understanding how to bring it up to the girl that you're dating or in a relationship with.
1: Exactly. And again, kind of knowing that uh, you can, your sexual interest can evolve and there is nothing wrong with that. And actually, it's a beautiful thing and it helps you not to get bored with sex. So it doesn't mean that your sexuality always remains the same.
0: Okay. So it's something that's evolving, right? Something that can change and might be different from five years and 10 years from now. Who knows where it could go?
1: Absolutely, and again, sometimes people get scared that sometimes people think it's, a, "Oh God, it's an addiction that I'm now interested in, to, in this, which is a little bit racier, but no, that, is, that could be a natural evolution of your sexual appetite.
0: What about pornography? What are your thoughts on how much a guy should use some of that? Is it normal to be watching it once a day? Is it you know, something that you should never watch at all? what would your recommendations be for someone who's watching that you know whether it's for well it's always usually for pleasure but mm-hmm. also just watching stuff that you're you know a lot of guys probably watch it because of the reason where there's stuff that you can see on there that's kinky that you might not do in real life so that's their way to tap into that instead of finding it in their real world like you and I have just been talking about so what are your thoughts on on all that with relating to pornography
1: well, I know it's definitely a controversial topic, but I'm coming from a sex-positive background. So, what I think is, if you're watching porn, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's one way that people are tapping into their pleasure, kind of, and, and there's nothing wrong with pleasure. So, what's important to know is that a porn again, it's not sex education. If you want to learn something kinky new. You might get some ideas, but there are sex educators, there are resources out there that will teach you to uh, to learn what to what to do. The other parts of it, it can be a beautiful thing because you are nurturing and nourishing your sexual uh, eroticism and your fantasies. So that part of it also could be a positive thing. When it gets tricky, and I think it's important for the person to uh, kind of examine it themselves is that does it feel like a avoidance or a complete distraction? Sometimes I get clients that they're telling me that, you know, my sexual desires feel out of control. And they they tell me about hours and hours that they are kind of like watching porn and porn becomes destructive in their life. I feel as a clinician, as a psychologist, you are the person that can make that Recognition that is, is this behavior is a way for me to avoid dealing what's going on outside. So sometimes, uh, like the, now is a perfect kind of example. And during COVID that many of us have been watching like Netflix for hours. And it's just not a matter of what's showing up on the screen. It's just a matter of, I just don't want to deal with what's going on in the world. What's going on outside? This is a avoidance strategy. And when we're avoiding issues, when it's mental health challenges, when it's relational challenges, we're not resolving them. Uh, so it's, it's important to kind of do this check-in with yourself that am I avoiding things in my life? And porn is a way of distraction that gets in the way of me reaching my values. And at times, it could be a way of emotional regulation. So I'm feeling anxious, I'm masturbating, when while I'm watching porn, I'm masturbating, like ang- I'm not aware of the anxiety, but as soon as I stop, the anxiety comes back. So it's not an effective way of managing anxiety. It's okay if you watch porn, if you masturbate, but I also need to add tools in my toolbox of managing my mood, my anxiety, work stress, all of that. So if it's, if it's not a way for you to avoid your problems, then there's nothing wrong with that.
0: That's a really great way of putting it. Like, I like that mindset, like just awareness, it sounds like, is what you're saying. Just being aware of why am I doing this? Is it something, like you said, is it something I'm trying to avoid? What's my purpose behind doing it? I think a lot of people, well, in their whole life, not just with this area, but lots of areas in their life, we just do things, right? We're just almost sometimes reactive. And we don't stop and say, why am I doing this? Is this good for me? Is this important? Not saying that's going to necessarily stop it. But that is the first step, being aware of what's going on and and understanding why this is happening. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that's what's happening with this. Just understanding, why am I doing this? Is this something and, and being honest with yourself, which I know is really hard for us to do.
1: Absolutely, and I'm kind of thinking about: Am I getting closer to my goal, or I'm not getting closer to my goal? So, is is this uh, kind of like watching porn is it effective a strategy long term for me to manage my mood and stress and all of that, or it's not? And if it's not, then maybe it's time to, uh, to add other tools and strategy in addition to kind of watching porn to your repertoire.
0: Isn't it funny how sometimes we have to talk to ourselves like we're talking to children? You know, it's <laughs> like like we have to say to ourselves like, okay. Okay, trip. Is this adding to your life? Is this like you said, is it something that is trying to help you complete your long-term goal? You know, it's like it's like that's something you might simplify to say to a kid, but at the end of the day, that's that's what's effective. We have to talk to ourselves like that in order to see what's going on and and understand, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here.
1: Exactly. We're reparenting ourselves and no one else can does, can do it for us because we know ourselves the best. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes we are in this kind of automatic loop of this feels good. Let me do it. Does, does it feel good? Let me avoid it. But sometimes it's important to pause and slow down and say, okay, if this is healthy and is this the best thing for me to do in this moment?
0: I like that. Reparent ourselves. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it feels like we have to do a lot of that, just being honest with ourselves, asking us those questions and seeing what's going on. That's great. Well, is there anything else that you would say to guys who just kind of rewinding back to the original topic here and what we were first starting about? Like any other things you want to say to guys who are ready to speak to their partners or ready to speak to the girls that they're dating about what they want? And maybe they're a little bit nervous to do so. Anything? To add.
1: Absolutely. I think it's important to almost at times do a role play with yourself. I'm thinking about this is this is what I have in mind. Let me kind of reflect and kind of practice on how am I going to present it to my partner. And some one skill that at times I teach people that can kind of soften the conversation, you can tell your partner that, honey, I'm, I'm saying something, I'm talking about something that's difficult for me so that they know that this is a difficult conversation. And when you open the conversation like that, if it's truly a difficult conversation for you, then you you inc- increase your chance of the openness from the partner because they know that you're not coming in demanding. Because no one wants to kind of accommodate someone that's demanding long-term. But if you're entering this space with kindness and vulnerability, your partner will be more open to hearing you out.
0: Awesome. Great. That's great. So... Where can guys find you? You have a podcast, which is called Sexology. Where can they listen to that? And then also, where can they find you if they're interested in talking to you more, or working with you?
1: Thank you for that. So I have a podcast uh, that you can find, that they can find us at sexologypodcast.com. It's on iTunes, Stitchers, of all the places that can people find podcasts. Also, I have a private practice in Los Angeles I mention I'm a psychologist and sex therapist, and they can find the information about my practice at oasis2care.com.
0: Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. And Dr. Molly, thank you so much for being here and, and telling us what's up. I would love to have you back in the podcast because we just dive deep into one very small avenue of the whole realm of sex and sexology. So I'd love to have you back to talk about something else in the future. And I just appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on today. It was
1: my pleasure and thank you so much for inviting me.